you are listening to Necropolis on Hessian Firm. Please visit hessianfirm.com for metal reviews, interviews, analyses, lifestyle articles, as well as releases from the label. Welcome to Necropolis. I am his host, Jason, also known as Lone Goat from GoCraft, and today's guest is the highly professional and talented Mike Pagioni from Monstrosity and a thousand freaking other bands. It's a testament how great of a, a bassist he is if, when he's able to uh, just do session work nonstop. So thank you for being on the, the program, Mike. Hello, hello, and uh, thanks for having me. It's good to hear you. It's good to uh, you know be in touch with you again here. So uh, I appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to it, actually. Very cool. Yeah, very cool indeed. Like I had a great time hanging out with you in Ukraine. So actually, you know, yeah, it was great. <laughs> some good totally. chats and all that, you know, over the beer and all that. So uh, yeah. I, I kind of want to start the podcast with um, your background as a professional bassist. So how did you get into playing bass and get it to such a high level to where you are now? Um, let's see here. I've been doing this for a while. So um, give or take uh, at some point in early middle school, uh, I started to play guitar and um, switched over to bass a few years later uh, when I got in high school. Uh, there were some people who needed a bass player at one of the local school things I was doing, and I switched from guitar over to that, and then just kind of realized uh, you know, how much I enjoyed it. Uh, I really enjoyed the low end, like the bass frequency, like the vibration, you know, the pushing of air. Uh, so I don't know, I kind of fell in love with it, and uh, there's a lot of people who played guitar, a lot of people who played drums. Um, I was pretty decent at guitar, but uh, I just found out that I was actually even better at bass. So yeah, it takes a special kind of person to actually pull off bass at your level. Um, so, number one, a lot of people start bass playing guitar like you did, yep. but they make that transition over, and you really have to... Uh, I, I know a lot of like super technical death metal bands, they play like note for note with the guitars but i also think you have to take in consideration the percussion aspect of the sound and the bass you know goes along with that where it, you know it's not a percussive instrument but you have to assent to what the drums are doing and so it's really interesting that you're able to make that transition and like i said it takes a special individual to uh, master it at your level so i'm sure you know like uh, how to handle you know, working with uh, both guitars and percussion at the same time and kind of being that median between the both of both of those aspects in your sound. So, uh, uh, yeah, one yeah, you could say that. Uh, and just, I don't know, just on that note, um, uh, I learned a lot uh, from a lot of great producers within, you know, the metal scene, uh, you know, even with more sound and working with Jason Sukoff at Audio Hammer. Uh, I learned a lot uh, and essentially less is more. Uh, perhaps when it comes to bass, certain types of styles, recording parts, um, of course, you know, locking in with the drummer and so on. But, uh, you know, I definitely have learned a lot from some of the best from, you know, early early 90s death metal to now. Recording-wise, uh, you know, that's kind of give me some good aspects or things to be aware of. So you got to record at the old Moore Sound location off of you know, 56th Street and yeah. Fletcher? Yeah, uh, I think it is Fletcher. Yes, it's not Fowler, Fletcher. That's yeah, 
yeah, I believe so. Yeah, man, that was really cool. Uh, yeah, I grew that. up right around the corner from there, so very cool. Right, yeah, you told me that. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was uh, pretty chill. <laughs> so yeah, that was cool. Well, it was a very professional studio, and you know that that recording studio, especially, it was pivotal to uh, the early death metal scene. Like bands oh, yeah. traveled to record at Moore Sound, and you know yeah. they kind of created that that chunky florida death metal sound like it's really thick yeah and, um so they're they're you know critical to uh that early sound that a lot of bands captured so it's really great that you got to record there i know scott burns was a producer for a long time there um yeah. did you work with him no actually with the uh jim and tom morris uh which are also you know one of the you know pivotal points of recording um so that was a nice experience and i tell you i don't know like a uh, side note um you know they were on my ass uh they don't they don't screw around and like you know you better learn how to play and be in there and not waste time and especially at that time because you know we're talking you know 10 years plus maybe 12 i don't even know like um you know the whole recording game has changed but like at that time you know bands went to a studio and they had money and budgets and you know and never enough time and it's just pressure 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 it's not like today's chill, uh, you know, home recordings or, you know, it's another topic, but yeah, man. It's kind um, of hard to replicate that Morrison sound with home studio setups. Like there's, that was a full-fledged studio. Yeah, and that's just it. I don't know. Like, it's a quick side note, but uh, I, I've, I've noticed massive amounts of things have changed in like 22 years since I've been starting, I guess it was like around 17 or 18 in Tampa. But yeah, that's a different thing. Like the whole band vibe itself is a little different. Um, the studio vibe is quite different to where, you know, no one goes to the studio as much. You know, people do a lot of stuff at home. They send it out. They'll have it, you know, mixed, reamped, and blah blah blah. So, anyways, yes. Yeah. So you can pound out a crap at, crap ton at home, you know, compared to when you actually go to the studio where you have to memorize everything, but you know, and get it down yeah. over and over and over and over. But when you record at home. You can just learn the song once, just nail it, record it, and there you go. So, well, I can even do better than that. Uh, I don't know. Another side note: a lot of people ask me, like Mike, you know, you do a lot of session work. What do you do? And you know, like, well, obviously at home you have time to you know craft it properly and write some nice lines and take your time with it. You're not under the time pressure. But uh, and that's a you know a lot of things people ask me, like you know, you know. Do, how do my how do my session works go or what do i work on and i'll just basically say you know like i'll, I'll work on parts or verses or you know minute increments you know uh and, and put it together and, you know record it together um there's no need for me to memorize an entire piece when i'm probably never going to play it live <laughs> or like yeah. ever outside of the studio it's kind of how i approach music too because you know i have my own project and yeah like i i record oh i write and record but I don't rehearse or anything, so I'll, I'll write a piece. You know, I've been playing for so long. I started playing piano when I was 11, so um, father gave me a keyboard, and he played organ himself, so I got into it pretty young. So when it actually comes to uh, writing music, I, I write it right on the spot and record it, and yeah, I don't cool. revisit it because I'm like, I'm good. Like, if I need to replicate that later, I can do that. But, you know, that's the, the, the great thing about you know recording at home is you do it at your own leisure you're not you don't have to memorize it a thousand times over you know rehearsing it over and over and over exactly so uh yeah. it's, it's a great little aspect and i know you did that a lot in ukraine you're doing 
uh, a lot of session work too there. Um, so kind of what I want to get into with uh, you as a professional basis, which you know, very high level basis is kind of, you know, I know you played in a lot of brutal and technical death metal projects, which exemplify that high level of musicianship that you have. But let's talk a little bit about the uh, the commercial side of that with your endorsements. So um, currently you're endorsed by Spectre, is that correct? Yep. I'm working with Spectre probably for the last five, maybe, Christ, who knows now, maybe five, six years. Uh, earlier I used to work with uh, Blackheart Guitars, which, um, I don't know, a lot of like death people probably are aware of it, and death metal people, um, maybe not so much other, but uh, amazingly enough, they were a phenomenal company and with some pretty amazing instruments, uh, level-wise, quality-wise, craft-wise. I used to work with a company called Gammon Wood, uh, custom bases down here in Miami, but um, it is Spectre currently, or at the time, yes. Right, and you have a new uh, endorsement in the works, is that correct? Well, yes, I do. Uh, I haven't mentioned it like, publicly yet. Uh, last year I was offered uh, an exclusive official uh, Warwick deal, or whatever, you know, artist, musician uh, endorsement. It was really cool. Uh, this time, actually last year, February almost, on my birthday, like next week or whatever, this Friday is my birthday. So this time last year, uh, a few of us... Um, from Ukraine, uh, Sergey and Ed, we went up to the Warwick factory in Nuremberg for a day and uh, met everybody and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, so yeah, um, I haven't officially accepted the, the endorsement. Um, I had all my shows canceled with COVID last year and we kind of both agreed that, you know, getting a new endorsement perhaps wasn't just, you know, ideally appropriate because everything's canceled in the world. Uh, instead of me just recording at home. So I'm going to look into that probably now. It's been another year. And on another side note, all of our tours and shit has been canceled once again. Uh, Shitty. Like I know um, when we were in contact, so. <laughs> um, you know, when I, after I met you in Ukraine, you uh, you just immediately just all, all of a sudden just went to Brazil to play this massive show. Yeah. And even wore the GoCraft shirt, which is really cool. Thank you for doing that. Um, yeah. Very was, cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, what are some of the interesting places music has taken you? Like, I just mentioned Brazil, but I know you've been freaking all over the place. So, what um, are some of your main favorite spots? Uh, wow. Anything Eastern Europe. Um, a few years ago, I was on tour session with a group called Skinned, which got me all throughout Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, Belarus, Russia, Ukraine. That was phenomenal. Um, in comparison to other, you know, the typical European, centralized European run, this was quite special. I guess it would be a little easier for me to say um, the places I want to go versus the places I've been. Um, I still haven't been to like uh, New Zealand or Australia. That's on the list. Um, God, I don't know. I've, I've been very, uh, you can say lucky or whatever. You can say what it's on worth, actually, uh, to have been quite fortunate to travel uh, almost everywhere. Um, anywhere South America can be just crazy. Yeah, South America is a huge freaking metal scene. Like, you can be Massive. a nobody in the U.S., but once you play South America, you'll have hundreds and hundreds of people, even thousands, oh, watching you. Yeah, like, especially in Brazil cool. and all that. So it's very cool that, you know, you're able to travel some. I know Monstrosity is one of the, the bigger bands in death metal like you of course you know everyone knows like the florida death metal bands and monstrosity fits into that 
that aspect of the, the Florida death metal sound. Of course, you know, Corpse Grinder comes from that band. Um, and all of that where, you know, you moved on to Cannibal Corpse, but, uh, you know, Monstrosity has stayed strong, a very, very strong death metal band, which exemplifies that Floridian death metal sound. So it's very cool that you got hooked up with them and all that. Yeah. That was, uh, that was cool. I don't know. I went down to, uh, like a few local shows when I was like 18 down in Tampa and I, I met up with a group called Execration, um, which would be my basic first real, real band. Uh, I was with them for a year or so. Um, and then from there I was just well, actually like a year, maybe then like, I think around 18 or so or 19, I was recruited uh, with Strosity, Monstrosity, uh, Kelly Conlon, things didn't work out with him in the band. Um, and you know, if you guys know him, he was in death. So I replaced him, and I had some pretty big shoes to fill uh, at that age, in my opinion, just kind of, you know, um, I was always hyped on the Millennium CD, which was uh, like a tech death, um, just blueprint. Well, a blueprint possibly, but the uh, the riff construction in Millennium is some of the best in death metal. Like the, the way the songs are written, where they're very okay, important. Like yeah. all the riffs flow and they have purpose and there's this gradual development throughout those songs. And uh, like a side note, uh, we had an analysis on hessianfirm.com uh, where this podcast will be posted on monstrosity and it focuses on millennium. So it's very cool that uh, number one, I got a monstrosity guy on the podcast where we really, it's, it's this collective of writers and musicians behind the Hessian firm. So it's very cool that uh, I got a monstrosity guy after that analysis. Um, so we, we touched a little bit upon uh, monstrosity. So I guess we'll stay on this topic here. And uh, I think we'll work our way back to other things a little bit further in the podcast. But uh, um, so what's really striking to me about monstrosity is of course, you know, there's millennium, and Imperial Doom, um, which had the, the corpse grinder. Um, and it really is, you know, solidified, you know, monstrosity on the, the, the global radar for yeah. death metal. Um, but I noticed with the newer material, especially since you've been in the band, I think it joined in 2001, um, that uh, it's focused to more of like a high level of musicianship. And there's like this aspect that came about in like the uh, mid 2000s where a lot of death metal introduced uh, a lot of melodic riffing from a musical, like almost theory aspect. And it, it came in the, the vein of like, a, you know, what DSI was doing after Hoffman Brothers left when they got a very Ralph Santola yeah. um, and Vital Remains got that melodic, you know leads and all that going on and something what you know monstrosity kind of adapted to so is that something that you notice you know like the mid-2000s and forward with that band uh like a kind of step towards away from like traditional more soundy you know type of death metal from florida to kind of like a high level of technical musicianship with an emphasis of melodicness in there even like some Scandinavian melodic. Well, no, I agree with that. Um, when I joined them, it was 99 actually, and I missed the Dark Purity recording probably by a month, maybe a month. Sure. Yeah, it's kind of a shame, but uh, Kelly had done his parts. Um, but so did Jason Avery sing on that one in Dark yes, Purity? He did. 
Yes, he did. And uh, I'm fucking hoping he's going to be jumping back on the oh, new Oh, really? Movie. That's another little something. Is he, is, is he in Tampa? Yes, he is. I think I've met him. I think I went to uh, the theater with him and his girlfriend. We saw Star Trek like some years back when they rebooted Star Trek. It, if he's the same guy who I'm thinking of, like very muscly. Yeah, yeah. He did Dark Purity and he did Rise of Power with us. And Eulogy, right? Yeah, yeah. Fucking love Eulogy. That's really so that's the original. Yeah, that's now that's some original technical uh, melodic Floridian nineties. So. I, th- I think that's like the archetype of Floridian death metal is like eulogy. Definitely um, that. And I definitely would say old strosity, of course, cannibal and malevolent and, you know, obviously deicide, morbid obituary. And, you know, the list continues, but uh, you know, those, you know, those are the four founders of it, in my opinion. And, you know, when I was a younger kid, I used to grow up, you know, listening and emulating and, you know, then it was kind of weird to actually get thrown in the mix and become a part of it very cool that's great that you're able to yeah i know your musicianship is top notch so i think you know you just naturally fit into that picture i had some Um, big shoes to fill man yeah 99 kelly with death and the millennium album and dark purity and like that's you know like 18 and like now you're replacing this guy and it's like you guys play a lot of those millennium songs live uh, we do. Um, maybe three on the album, maybe four, just depending on you know the set and you know where we're at and whatever. But uh, it's a you know it's some tricky shit. <laughs> That's for sure. Very cool. Um, so what I noticed, like you were in a band, you recorded you know a few albums with them: Rise to Power in two thousand and three, Spiritual Apocalypse yep. in two thousand and seven, and Passage of existence in 2018 especially you know you did um a lot of live recordings with them too yeah Um, in the masses is a lot yep yep but what i noticed with the last album passage of existence you kind of channel that earlier monstrosity material like repackaging not repackaging like as a product but you're kind of tapping into that essence i don't know man i hear what you're saying but to me uh to me with the millennium cd change uh millennium was certainly different than imperial and the dark purity was a melodically different style i don't know i kind of look at the new one as a best of with the um spiritual apocalypse i don't know it's it's still in my opinion maybe not even like what you're saying like more of the classic style i still think it's kind of like the uh you know the evolved progression well, there's more of a emphasis on musicianship now. Um, well, notice a monstrosity. Okay, can understand that. Um, I don't know. We uh, we did things a little bit differently on the last CD. Um, a variety of the guitars and drums, excuse me, guitars and bass were recorded at home, and Lee went to Audio Hammer and worked with Mark Lewis um, for regarding drums itself. The vocals were recorded by Mike in somewhere in Florida with the obituary guys. With the Tardy Brothers at their studio, oh, and that kind of brought me to what I think we were talking earlier. How just things are a little bit different these days versus studio, studio, studios, and home oh, deals. I know, I know, more sound relocated. Um, they did. They're back open, man. Yeah, they're there. I had a real quick plug. Seven Kingdoms, my friend John Tyler, fucking great guy. I don't know. They just did their CD there, and I guess so, man. Like uh, they're back. 
So, like, you know, more sounds chilling. I guess. Right. I mean, they're they're crucial to that Floridian death metal sound. So it's great to see them still around. I know they've recorded, like, higher-level bands like Ozzy Osbourne at one point, or am I brain-farting that, or some, something, like, on his level they've recorded in metal. Um, so They've done a lot. And, um, yeah, do I have the backup on stats? No. But uh, they're back in business, and I think I heard like a while ago, like someone broke into the old place, stole everything. Oh shit! I remember yeah. the old Morrison location was right next to the Beverage Castle, which you can just drive through and get some beer. Which we don't have that in Texas, but uh, <laughs> yeah, like, beers, yeah, they had like three thousand or three hundred different beers there. It was really cool. I, don't even get me started on beers, man, because we will talk off topic, anyways. But yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Continue on more sound. I don't know. Whatever beers. Well, it's great that they're still around. Um, yeah, it is. Like, yeah, that the whole area of you know Fifty Sixth Street and Fletcher, and, and I grew up there. There's Lettuce Lake Park there, which is a very beautiful park, very swampy. Um, all that around that uh, graphic location, especially the Brass Mug, like both locations. Like the earlier location was like down Fletcher, I believe, and nope. the new location is uh, not too far from there. So definitely a, a little. Oh, that place is a uh, geographic location for death metal. Yeah, I remember the Brass Mug. I think the first uh, show I was actually did there was with my other amazing group, Execration, and it was like us and Emma, uh, like Incantation or something, and that was that was pretty chill, like a pretty crazy night. Very cool. But either way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's great that we talked a little bit about monstrosity, but I kind of want to go back to that Ukrainian aspect. Earlier in the, the oh. podcast, you mentioned that uh, you, um, Ed from Ukrog Productions and Sergi from Perennial Quest, um, you went out to uh, that, that bass guitar factory. I think they're a guitar company too, but. Uh, um, and they're based in Ukraine, right? Yeah, but um, those two guys you're talking about, uh, Sergey and Ed, they are not in flying. Um, primarily the main guys I would work with there uh, were Alex, Victor, and Max. So flying is one of the bigger or well-known type acts throughout Ukraine. Um, I didn't know that. I've never uh, heard of them until I saw that you were playing with them. I hear you, and it sounds weird, but that's just what's up. It's weird. Um, a lot of people in America, more, of course, in Europe, but a lot of people, even in Europe, there's a massive scene um, in East Europe and Russia, you know, or, you know, Ukraine. Like, there's a lot of fucking killer groups, but no one knows anything because I don't know. You know, like it's just not as known or not as popular or the scene doesn't get the coverage I checked out that but, Seeding Pain recording you did yeah, it's the one in I did 2019 Seeding Pain, um, yeah. it's very melodic death metal kind of in the Gothenburg vein um, it's that. very easy listenable music that you did with them um, so how did you end up working on Flying? well just one of the members um Victor, I believe, maybe Max, probably Victor, the main guy, the singer. He just contacted me, and you know, like a lot of people knew that I was just kind of living over there for a while. Um, and they just, you know, asked if I could help them out and blah, blah, blah. And we ended up doing uh, 
I guess it's three songs, four songs, uh, EP. And honestly, it's one of my my prouder moments. I mean, I don't know, all my recordings I enjoy, but I don't know, I've probably done like over 40 of them. But, well, uh, Flying definitely has cool. that uh, commercial aspect of... Uh, you could say that. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's it's got a good it's got a good feel and catch to it and um yeah very much easy listening type of way yeah yeah it's very cool it's nice to be a part of uh you know their aspect and you know history and legacy and so on over there did you and, uh, play with them like rehearse with them a lot and no nah, that's just it man i think uh we had offers to do some shows with hypocrisy and stuff but they have been disbanded for a while. We did the CD and then just the actual aspects of it happening live never happened. And then COVID and just, so that was the end of that. Um, but I'm hoping they might want to do some more material at some point. I'd be totally down to, uh, you know, to base up. Yeah. it would be great. If we hung out in Ukraine again. I had a blast there. It was um, phenomenal, man. Speaking of Ukraine, um, you taught English there, correct? Yeah, it's about uh, all I could really do in general. Uh, stumbled upon that, um, and surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, but to me enough, uh, like just native uh, teaching English and so on is insanely in demand. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that. If the world ever crumbled and I needed you know, to, to hijack it to Ukraine, which my fiance really wants rather than her coming here, I got picked the only Ukrainian girl who doesn't want to come to the U.S. She wants to stay in Ukraine. Yeah, but, uh, I hear you, though, but uh, your best, met, best bet might be able to just to rock that out in the future and just live there and retire, chill it, work remotely. She, yeah, we'll see. Um Unfortunately, I'm unable to work remote. I tried. That's right. I tried, but I could not. So uh, you actually you taught to some to, TV actors. Have to go to Poland. From Poland? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was saying, like, maybe you can just go to Poland and then just cross the border every day. You know what I mean? I was told no to Eastern Europe. Um, Western Europe, possibly. Um, it's in discussion, but... The cost of living is way higher over there, so it's true. That's that's the thing, man. Twenty-eight to one, whereas Ukraine, but well, yeah. <laughs> so I love so, Ukraine. Great yeah. culture. Um. So, did you learn Russian while you were there? Uh, niet. not much. Niet so, is yeah. no one Russian. If you did not know that, and da means yes. Ah, uh, yeah. No, man. Uh, just a little bit here and there. Just some basic sayings. It's pretty pathetic. Uh, my excuse would be, uh, you know, after working all day and teaching English and trying to survive, I was I was too tired to learn other stuff. Your wife is Ukrainian, right? I'm sure is she you? teaches you. Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, yeah. She can. <laughs> My fiance told me, "Moya Krushnova, Moya Krushnova, ya Gina," which means, "You are my beautiful wife." There you go. Or my beautiful wife is what that means. My beautiful wife. Um, All right. Yeah, yeah, I know you know what "Yala blue to means. Oh, I was like, "I love you" or whatever. Yeah, it's "I love you" in Russian or whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, I don't know. You know what suka means, right? Which one's that? What's that? Suka. Suka. Suka means bitch. Oh, bitch, yeah. From a gulag prison stance type of bitch. It's oh, a different, yeah. you know, mentality they have over there. I love it. But, uh, um, yeah, so uh, what are kind of some uh, interesting aspects of Ukraine that you experienced when you were there? Um, 
it's like a mixture of modern technology as well with 80s and 90s i noticed that very 90s like fashion there well there's a lot of that it's just uh you know it's like a it's uh you know like a post-soviet mixed in with today's modern aspect yeah they're they're really was i know they're like an ally of the u.s compared to russia and there's a very anti-russian mentality there depending on where you're at in ukraine um i love it like i love ukraine i'm you know i love kiev i love lviv kershen if you've ever been there Um, yeah i went to a saint catherine's cathedral in kershen it's beautiful and the history there like taking consideration like you know the russian and ukrainian history of how like geographical locations have shifted between powers and all that um just crazy like everyone just gets assassinated when you actually delve into the <laughs> the the backing behind you know ukrainian history is i love it like it's very this guy is like does this and oh he pisses off all these other people gets assassinated and then the next guy gets assassinated and etc cetera, etc cetera. like they just kill each other non-stop but yeah, they build some of the most beautiful eastern european architecture and like i know uh, ed um a friend of ours from Ukraine, he, he considers like Kiev the egg and Russia the yeah. chicken. So the egg comes before the chicken. So like That's Kiev true. is very ancient. Yep. Um, it was the uh, the center. Yeah, you're right. It's the cradle of that area of civilization. So, um, what are some like interesting yeah. towns and shit you've been to in Ukraine? Well, basically, just throughout Kiev, I went to a place with Irving, where I used to live. Um, we went down to Odessa as well, another little small place called Quarterston. Um, I played a show, actually, in Kharkiv as well, a while back with Skinned. Um, that, that's really eastern Ukraine, right next to Russia, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a bit more, yeah, it's not in, yeah, I believe it is definitely more eastern by like three hours, give or take, four hours yeah. by car. Um, I don't know, man. I'd suggest people to go check it out anywhere in East Europe in general, but uh, especially Ukraine. It's uh, well, Ukraine's not really friendly to tourists because there's not things in English. Like they're not. Oh no, no, that's true too. Like, well, you go to the Western European countries, you know, everything's in English. You can you go to a restaurant, you know, in Italy or something. You can get a a menu in English, and Ukraine oh, yeah. hit or miss with that. No, that's very true. But uh, which is which is actually kind of nice, in my opinion, for them to keep it as it is with themselves and so on, somewhat. But uh, it's a phenomenal area. I love Ukraine. Yeah, really. Yeah, definitely do. Not to mention the most beautiful women on the planet. You know, granted, it's you're engaged to one, but <laughs> it's it's true. And you're married to one, so yeah, dude. there we go. Um, and <laughs> like, Ukrainian, Ukrainian women. Um, like the they're very traditional um they kind of it's like the 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 opposite of like american women i i know there's going to be like there's like the the city mentality there and you know some ukrainian cities but once you actually you know court and marry or get engaged to a, a ukrainian woman she's yours like you don't have to worry anything about her if you know she's good um, so i've like my fiance just went to egypt a couple of weeks ago she's been a couple of weeks there and um i i didn't worry about her 
at all because I trust her. And I understand what you mean. Yeah. And a lot of American women I wouldn't trust. So Yeah, I hear this man. So it's definitely a different uh you know, type of temperament, culture, and upbringing. Something you don't really see at all here in the States anymore. In general. Anyways, so it's great you have a Ukrainian wife. I, I know she'll be a, a great partner for you for the rest of your day. Yeah. <laughs> That's the plan, man. So, yeah. I don't know. I would suggest anybody to go check it out. Um, vacation, visit for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be easy for, like, if you're into, like, touristy things because, you know, the English is very sparse there. But uh, if well, you want to yeah. experience, like, true Eastern European culture, it doesn't get better than Ukraine. I, I know you went to Belarus and Lithuania, but I think yeah, Ukraine is, like, the most, like, developed, um, wonderful place in that area. Um, I agree. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, some of your other bands. Um, I know you have this project called Starless Night, which if I misspoke, misspeak, please correct me. Um, you have a full length recorded for that, correct? Yeah, we do. Um, Starless Night is from two of my best friends. Well, one of my best friends. The other guy was, we had some issues with uh, my buddy Mark. Yeah great guy he is the vocalist of the group um alex was a guitar player i've had a lot of issues personally but i'm proud of this release and there's nothing i can really do with it at the moment i've been trying to shop it around um it is very uh you could say like experimental uh depressive black metal uh not with the traditional stereotypes or blah 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 um, well it's very atmospheric and yeah i think a little simple that i heard it sounds you know very atmospheric where it creates this grand texture and just kind of hangs on that. Um, kind of like Batuska from Poland. Okay. Um, but I've only heard, you know, a small sample. I haven't heard the, the full length. Yeah. Well, we got a full length on that. Uh, and, you know, I don't know the COVID, if that's even real, whatever. But uh, yeah, I heard something about like infertility and the COVID vac- vaccination or something like that. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, who Almost knows? Like life to return to normal. Um, yeah, that's what I. That's what I. Real or not, I just would be nice for things to balance out a little bit. But uh, you know, with that, like the whole music scene's been drastically changed, and just what I was saying, like with this release, you know, I'm trying to find someone that would like to take it, and uh, but it's difficult. I you know the labels are difficult in a variety of aspects, and you know, there's no way to promote it, and. Uh, Everybody's like on standstill or pause label wise for the last year and a half. Yeah, I sent out uh, the promo video for that to uh, one of my friends who owns a label, but we'll see if uh, yeah. he's interested in it. He likes it. Yeah, yeah I, I can't guarantee anything. Like, you, know, you don't know what labels have going on with their release schedules and all that. So, that's another thing. Yeah. But yeah, that, that came out a while ago, or well, excuse me, it was finished a while ago. But yeah, Starless Night, anybody wants to look it up? What I was kind of thinking is like being that it's so atmospheric and kind of simple with uh, the guitar riffing, 
um, keyboards could be applied very easily if you wanted that aspect. And yeah, I understand that. And uh, there, there is actually a lot of that. So probably the clip promo that I did on YouTube with uh, it was like Starless Night Promo 2020. Uh, I think it's like a minute, so you might not have. Yeah, but there is there is actually a variety of that going on because it's it's kind of like a, like very like dronish black metal or atmospheric or uh, you know just. Yeah, Sounds I really wouldn't use, like, from that sample that I heard of depressive because, you know, depressive suicidal black metal is a subgenre of black metal. And a lot of those bands, like Happy Days, are just really cringy. Your music is not that cringy. Um, um, it actually has other things well, going on rather than depression. I hear you. I don't know. Uh, but I don't know. Like the, the lyrics of or the entire... Uh, you know, purpose of this project or not project project to me because of me being a part of it, but uh, it's just very emotional and very, uh, you know, just, just dark and drear, you know, and very, uh, you know, anti-life themed ish, but I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, we will, uh, that's one of many on the, uh, the pizza wheel that I'm trying to pull out here of releases. So yeah. And you're in a thousand bands. At least it's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other than monstrosity, like you do session work for so many other bands. So you have your, your hand in a crap ton of pots, um, which is really cool. It's, you know, it's a testament of how great of a bassist you are. They're able to do all that. So uh, one thing that uh, I saw and maybe you can provide some clarification on this. Um, I saw that you played with eulogy. And I know we talked a little bit about eulogy earlier with, you know, Jason Avery and you know, Jared Pritchard um, as the backbone of eulogy. Um, did you record an album with them? So um, I would definitely, as we even realized, and we kind of thought of as like the second coming eulogy. Um, at that time, it was like Rob Barrett and Tony Loreno and Jared Pritchard the main guy and uh, myself and we did well how about this I think we released four songs and I don't know if they're still actually even available on YouTube or wherever I couldn't find them I was looking for that's them. shit like they're all down I don't know like Jared's supposed to put them back up somehow I don't know how uh, so we did like a demo or whatever um, and it's it's phenomenal it's, it's insane uh, Jarrett wrote, wrote about uh, 15 other tracks and they just never really got recorded. Tony Loreno got really busy with Megadeth because uh, he did or still does, I guess, drum tech for Megadeth. Or he was for a quite long, long time. So that I met was. Tony. The, yeah, Tony's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I met him when he was in a. I think he toured with Cold of Azazel for a little bit. Probably so. Angel Corpse, Demi, every, I mean, yeah. another you know, lengthy career, you know, top notcher, yep. but I don't know. No. Um, I don't know if you haven't heard any of it, I'll have to send you some, just have to go back here on iTunes and find some stuff. Yeah, definitely. I'm interested. Dude, yeah. Like it's really phenomenal. Cool. I can, you know, not going to lie. If I brag, it's true, but it's, it's phenomenal. So that would, uh, I don't know, I still joke with Jarrett, uh, Jarrett Pritchard, and he does a lot of stuff with uh, GoTour production-wise. He records so like he has his own studio now, right? He's, yeah, he's got a studio, and he's working on the new GoTour, I guess, and he's done the last various releases with 1349 and 
you know, like live sound master guy and just, you know, true recording. Yeah, he recorded the uh, Nocturnus AD. And what I noticed about the production he did on that, it sounds like the key production wise. He did phenomenally. Um, uh, he's a genius with that. So, yeah, like, uh, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. I don't know, man. I still, we, I still bust his balls. Like, you know, you want to do something with them other fifteen, you know? Yeah, that eulogy. I th- there, you know, yeah. like eulogy. I, kn- I know. There's like, you know, the Floridian death metal scene, which you know, there's the big names and all that. Um, but in that Tampa area, especially, there was eulogy and there was brutality. Two freaking hidden gems that people need to know about. And oh yeah, dude. He. He needs to do that eulogy. That's my personal opinion. I know he has a lot of other <laughs> endeavors going, but uh, yeah, definitely that eulogy. I'm looking forward to hearing whatever you send I'm me. Gonna, yeah, and I'm looking forward to things from you know him in the future. Hopefully, he gets back into uh, creating that eulogy. I'd love him to, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, I got a bunch of songs right here. I'll just email you just like some of it here. Very cool. Remind me, yeah, dude. It's, but it's like it's not like eulogy, eulogy. It's it's a different variation. So it almost came to the point where we where we were like, you know, it's it's not appropriate to to name it eulogy. We're going to change names. But yeah, it had uh, the singer uh, Jason Hollenstein Hollenstein uh, as well uh, from Letras Nocturne on the vocals. Yeah, I remember that band. Um, I saw them yeah, play in Texas with one time. They had yeah. a bigger basis. I know you played with them for a little bit. Yeah, that was probably Ed. Yeah. Ed, yeah. But yeah, dude, that actually that's like one of my more that's probably the most difficult group I've ever worked with techno uh, technicality wise or uh that Yeah, they knew their shit. Crazy. They're great yeah. musicians, definitely when I saw them play live. Yeah, man. I know you also played with Cystic uh Dysentery. Cystic Dysentery, yeah, I did their CD. Everybody's, uh, this lo- they love this group called Serox, or S-E-R-O-C-S, uh, S-E-R-O-C-S, yeah, Serox, Xerox, from Mexico. I did their first two CDs, but everybody's all hyped up on them now. The I remember movie. meeting Ben back in, when I was, like, 20 from Cystic Dysentery. Cystic, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's back when he had Stevie on guitar, that chick from Dark Castle. Maybe so. Yeah, she was. I, I called her Cystic Stevie and just freaked her <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, cool chick. That CD's phenomenal. I dude, I don't even know if the name was oh, the name of the CD, Exonerate the Guilty or whatever. I don't know, man. I can't remember. Well, there's, Too many releases, but check it out. Yeah, when I, when I was a teenager, I listened to some, you know, like brutal death metal and, you know, the the really like crazy like grind grindcore type of death metal and my vocabulary expanded because of the song titles <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden you know i'm 17 it's like you see a dog eating a shit it was like why is that dog being coprophagous there you <laughs> goes, know, right? and i heard that from some gore grinds you know type of oh man check out the uh check out the mexican discords uh, okay yeah necro holocaust i know what you're talking about Dude, all their their first city. Necro Holocaust is fucking great. I love the Mexican discourse, dude. They're phenomenal, dude. I forget the name of the the first one they did, like that guy on the exhumed table cover. But that's just beyond medical terminology. Yeah. Just top notch. Yeah. I don't know. We got to tour with them. I know those guys. I talk to them still a lot. Uh, that was phenomenal. I think we was like us, them, and I don't know, like Marduk. 
in Mexico and they had a whole Mexico tour with the Scourge. Maybe even twice. I don't know. It was Yeah, they they uh a couple of Discord guys played in Impiety from Singapore. Yep. yep. Wouldn't doubt that. They did. They've been around for a long time too. I guess so, man. I don't know. Impiety's eight they're old. But yeah, man, I don't know. I'd like to, ULG to do something again and we'll see what happens and uh Yeah, tell Jared Pritchard I want him to create some more eulogy. Um I the, got the whole the world needs it. Dude, I got, dude, I got this thing called the Purple CD here. I'm looking on my old iTunes on the computer. There's 15 tracks of just songs that were never released. Send it to me. I won't leak it whatsoever. Yeah, I'll let you definitely check it out, man, because it's phenomenal. Honestly, it's great. Very cool. So a couple anyway, more things. Yeah. Um, you actually have a solo project where you do like keyboards and samples. I do. Sleep deprived. No, did I send something like that to you? I saw it on your metal archives. I have no idea. It's called Sleep Deprived. Oh, no. yeah. I was no. wondering about that. Never mind. There's okay, no. Nope. misinformation no. on there. Um, well, and I know uh, God Cries. Were you in that band? Um, yeah, we did some session work there from Canada. Um, just really killer black metal stuff. Uh, I'm really looking forward to doing the new uh, Aurora Borealis. Um, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, that band that band kind of has this like gra- gravitational aspect of like bringing in high level musicians. I think it was yeah, Derek yeah. Roddy who was in that band at one point. So I think you were saying that. Uh, yeah, done some work with them one winter. Who? Maybe so, man. They've been out for a while. Uh, I'm definitely going to be enjoying working on that. I'm um, working on some stuff with my Ukraine friend. Um, Sergi. At the moment, yeah, man. Uh, I love Sir Justice. He, he said his name on Facebook with Sir Justice, and I just laughed. But I love Sergi. Um, Did you check out that uh, that song? Did you get the email? I, I got Long the email, one? but I could not hear it because I need to be granted permission to the Google Drive. I thought I emailed it to you privately or just whatever, but uh, we have a project called Lava. Um, we're recording that as we speak. That's going to be killer. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I've done with this group called Omnipotence from Canada. More session work. Yeah, Sergio's um, a great guitarist. I've seen... Uh, he's killer. You know, other than hanging out with him, um, I, I've seen some videos that he's posted of doing covers, and I know he has a new band, Perennial Quest, and they've been doing some high-level, you know, production videos with that project, which is really interesting to see that. But uh, very looking forward to what Sergi does in the future, and if you're a part of that, you know, oh, yeah, part dude. No, nah, check your uh, check your email again because I sent it to you. It should just be like lava base test. So right, yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. Sergi sent me some tracks that he was working on at one point, and he's good. Like Sergi's good. I'm looking forward to what he's going to be doing in the future. Definitely. Like some good stuff. I'm yeah. glad edit you know brought him into our little gatherings when we just drank and talked metal and all that. So yeah, man. Yeah, they're good guys. I miss them a lot. Have you ever seen uh, Ed's son who plays piano? He's like Yeah, he sent me some videos and I just uh, I he's, couldn't believe it. He's a great classical pianist. Like phenomenal. Yeah. But yeah, great, yeah, I saw that. I'm like, damn this kid can actually play. So yeah, he's phenomenal. There's a lot of music talent over there. Yeah, there is. Like my fiance's mom 
She's a classical pianist at a palace of culture in Ukraine and Kherson, like south of Kherson, there's this big palace of culture. And uh, Nasha and her invited me to go visit and actually played for the musicians there. It was really, really cool. No piano. Yeah. So I actually played at a pal- palace of culture in Ukraine. And probably one of those times, like a couple of days after we hung out and went down there and did that. So, uh, yeah, me- Ukrainians are serious. They're, they're serious yeah. about everything. Um, their national identity, you know, their culture and, you know, the arts, they're very, very serious people. So it's great to uh, experience that firsthand. And I, did you live there for like three years or how long yeah, were you there? Just about, just about three, give or take uh, around that time. So yeah, man, it's definitely a, definitely a different uh, you know, aspect of life. It's great. Very cool. Yeah, I, I love how cheap beer is over there. Like you can get a hoe garden for a dollar in Ukraine, but in the US is like, you know, two or three. So Yeah, man, things are definitely different with that aspect. <laughs> very great, very great. Um, so we covered quite a bit with this podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to mention before we wrap it up? I don't know, man. Uh it's nice to be here and catch up with you. It's been a few months for sure. Um I don't know. I've got a variety of things coming up soon. Um, really stoked. There's a, an amazing project called Band Whore, uh, which still hasn't come out because it's uh, probably about a hundred plus songs. Jesus, this languages. This is what? What's that? Is it grindcore? It's massive death metal. Um, I think uh-huh. I sent you a few, maybe like playthrough videos on the Facebook thing here, but it's like an all-star collaboration of like uh, the best of the best in death metal drums guitars so you know it's like a non-stop guest list type thing uh you have a hundred tracks what's that you have a hundred tracks probably um between everybody no i haven't done all hundred i've probably done like five i've done stuff with derek roddy uh kevin talley god i can't even remember some of the other people that are a part of it that i've done my tracks with uh, this is all under the uh command of jim ross from Florida here uh, he's awesome and uh, he's created this project called Band Whore and he is still getting all the attracts you know it's, but it's 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 like a, like the best of the best mix mash like everybody who's playing is somebody who's you know kind of known so very cool um, that's cool and another thing real quick is this group called Adversarian my buddy Josh from Letris and Trent from Unmerciful on drums, myself and guitar, uh, Jim as well, uh, and bass for me, of course, and that's just unrelenting, just nonstop, 280 plus, just blasts, double bass, just, Very just cool. brutal death. Looking forward to that. Yeah, man, there's a lot of stuff coming on, but I appreciate it. Uh, I don't know, I'm trying to stay busy and uh, I don't know, trying to make it work. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I, I want to thank you with the bottom of my heart for being on this podcast. So, I, Well, that's nice. Yeah, man, it's been cool. It's good to catch up with you uh, personally as well, and uh, we'll see what happens. Definitely. Yeah, I know you wanted to uh, – you offered the bass for the Goo Craft at one point, and that was when I was playing organ with a drummer just trying to see what would happen. But Probably not necessary. Though, but it's not really needed. 
Well, I thought bass would have actually factored in really well, but I went back to the piano. I recorded a new album. It'll be out in September. Um, but possibly in the future, like who knows what the future will hold. Um, so I'm looking forward to staying in touch and all that with you. So thank you again for being on the podcast. Yeah, definitely, man. Appreciate it. Definitely got to look out for in the, the extreme metal world. Yeah, lots of stuff going on, even though uh, a lot of stuff is not going on. But I definitely appreciate it. And, uh, of course. Take it easy. We'll catch up. Cheers. Have a good one. Yeah, cheers, man. Thanks. See you.